0: The Phoenix Suns have their man. Frank Vogel is the new head coach, and they're keeping the guy a lot of us thought would be the head coach on today's episode of Locked On Suns. Did the Suns win the NBA coaching cycle? Did they lose it somewhere in between? We'll talk about it on today's show. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Kleen, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Suns your first listen each and every day, especially to start your week this week where there will likely be a coaching introductory press conference. Some off-season news. We're about two weeks from the draft. Lots and lots of stuff. So hit follow, hit subscribe. Get this show in your feed every single Monday through Friday. Become an everydayer. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to hundred dollars with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. Promo code Locked On. Joined today by Brandon Duane, yes, as I am every single Monday through or Monday through Friday. Every single Monday, and we're gonna start with. The Vogel, the Frank Vogel side of things, we'll talk about Kevin Young, we'll talk about how all of that affects DeAndre Ayton, who I think is swirling around in a lot of Suns fans' minds in the aftermath of all of this coaching carousel stuff. But Brandon, Dwayne Rankin had this in the Arizona Republic, I think, yesterday or or sometime in his story about how the Suns got their guy which included another reference to meeting people in Michigan where Gambo said it was in Phoenix. I don't know why that part is so hard to nail down of where these people all like got together for these uh, for these interviews. But even that doesn't seem to be concrete. Do you believe the report? I believe that somebody told Dwayne that I'm not denying his work. But what I'm asking is like, was Frank Vogel their number one choice from the beginning or was he not? Well, look, I mean,
1: first off, I haven't had a chance to talk about the Vogel thing at all. Um, at, at first, it, it, for me, was a kind of a meh. And then the more okay. I read it, too, a little bit more of his background and just the whole Kevin Young situation, I, it's, I've slowly kind of come around to the whole thing. And I think it's a win. Was it their first choice? No. Are, are they going to publicly come out and say, yeah, this is our second choice? No, they're not going to say that. Of course, no one says that. So I think Tai Lu is kind of the dream that, was never realistic that everyone kind of wanted these of the links to that yeah. that uh kind of popped out early, but there was no there's nothing substantial there. It was more, it was probably just a little bit of Ty Lu's camp using it as a negotiation tactic for the Clippers as well, yeah. Uh, but first choice, no, second choice, that I mean, sure, like uh, I think it worked out though, with especially keeping Young on board, and uh, like I said, I'd we can dive into more of this as we get deeper in this episode, but the, the more I learn about Vogel's background and how he entered the NBA and, you know, the, the things that he knows and focuses on, I think it's two areas that the Suns desperately need um, on the defensive side of the ball and just bringing that toughness, uh, you know, defensive schemes. That's something that with, I've said this in the past when we kind of talked about a little bit, it was just like, you have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, you could figure it out offensively. Like at the end of the yeah. like you, you want the best offensive system for them, of course, But defensively, that's where they're going to win a championship. So uh, overall, I'm I'm pleased with Vogel. Not the number one choice, but a solid hire.
0: Don't disagree with any of that. I I think you and I were on a little bit of a different page with the offense versus defense thing and the head coach. I know you were a little more optimistic about somebody like Nick Nurse, whereas I was A little skeptical, but yeah, I mean, I guess I would say I had it a little bit the same as you where when I first saw it, I think I was just so surprised and I did an episode, but I I waited a bit and did some digging around before I hit record because I didn't want to come on and just, it's not an entertaining show for me to say, wow, you know, a hundred times. So I was like, let me just wrap my head around this and then try to at least get my bearings and like, yeah, I I think the idea of, of me wanting to lean offense with this higher colored how I saw it a little bit. But I do think that the league, you at least have to have a certain toughness and and force defensively, and I think you have to have some like schematic versatility. And I think Vogel has shown between all the places that he's coached, at least the you know the good teams, that he has both of those. I think the the toughness and, and physicality and force for sure. And then I think with what he was able to do with Anthony Davis and that Lakers team, I think he proved he can do you know, something a little bit more modern when it's not based around, you know, Roy Hibbert, right? So, like, I, I, I've I come around on that, and I think there's something to be said for being dominant on one side of the floor, uh, for sure. And I know you, I mean, I was going to ask you, like, what thing excites you the most? I know you've been really big on the Suns playing faster, I think, or uh, mm. maybe, I, I can't remember if you and I talked about that, but I know Suns fans in general are, have been pushing for that, and that's another thing Vogel's always keyed in on is like not only are we going to play aggressive defense but we're going to try to use that to to create points for ourselves on the other end and and try to you know pick up the pace so I think that's another thing that Suns fans will probably like to hear about him even though he's not an offensive guy
1: yeah I think the best like case scenario was what kind of what happened in terms of keeping Kevin Young on board because he knows the system Uh, he's more of an innovative offensive mind and I think giving him that extension or not extension, but that raise uh, mm-hmm. to become the highest paid assistant in the NBA. That's that shows he's probably gonna have more responsibilities that come along with that. And I think Vogel was like, Vogel had to be on board for that to, to go down. Uh, so I'm sure that was a part of that, that process. So bringing in Kevin Young that he knows how to work with Devin Booker. He's, he's been there with, with Durant for a little bit now. So just implementing those two. And if, if Vogel can kind of give him the reins uh, of the offense in a sense and let him So your favorite
0: thing about Vogel is that he's gonna be the uh, like shadow fake coach that doesn't actually exist. That's the you got you don't like anything the, about him.
1: No, the favorite
0: part. My favorite
1: part about this entire how this scenario played out because yeah. my, there, with Vogel, I I'll focus on him now. So that was kind of like the, the offensive side of things, but when it comes to defense and just the schematic uh, attack that we know Vogel uh, is known for and respected for around the league. He's starting as a scout, a video scout, in the with the Celtics in, in the '90s, and, and working his way up as, you know, you know, an assistant coach and and advanced scout, doing doing pretty much all the dirty work, kind of like Eric Spolstra did for yeah. uh, the Heat as he worked his way up in the league. So he's he's a huge X's and knows guy. Like a lot of people will kind of say he doesn't know anything about offense or he's not offensive minded, but this guy knows a lot of basketball. He knows he could still implement. Uh, you know, it's it's probably not his style or what he's more focused on in terms of having this creative offense and I think that's that's why I love Kevin Young uh, yeah. coincided with him so they can kind of use their strengths and, and play off each other's weaknesses in a sense and and hopefully maximize both sides of the floor because that, that's what it's all about so just the, how this entire thing played out to me is is really why I've grown on the, not only the hiring he's, he's a championship pedigree coach that is out of top 10 defense for in most of his stints outside of yeah. uh, Orlando teams that it doesn't matter who's the coach there, they're kind of screwed either way so uh yeah but overall I, I just really think his uh the tactician uh defensively that he, he brings to the table is, is going to be awesome
0: so to to circle back a little bit on that you know was he their first choice type of thing i mean i know that's not a huge deal because he's the coach anyway now but like uh one of the parts of this that i didn't really get to talk about as much as i would have liked in my first show on it that i'm curious what you think on is the idea of coaching, and this will lead us to Kevin Young, right? The idea of, of selecting a coach who is not your star player's first choice. Um, like, you look at Milwaukee, and largely they they went intentionally with the guy that Giannis wanted. Like, I, I don't know if that front office and ownership group had its way, if Adrian Griffin would have been the guy, but he was because every. All the reporting indicates that he was Giannis's pick. So in this case, the Suns aren't doing that. Does that worry you at all? Do you feel like there's a potential for this to create friction? That those Booker at least had been, you know, rumored to be a a, a young guy. We don't really know how Kevin Durant feels, but does that give you pause at all? Does that worry you?
1: Not at all, uh, and there's, there's different reasons for it. One, if you just compare the honest situation, uh, you know, they're in Milwaukee and it's a lot harder to keep stars in places like that. So they're, they're like, you know, teams like Portland, Milwaukee, those smaller market teams that pretty much have to throw all their, their chips in that star to keep them there. Uh, the sun's as crazy as it sounds to say, now they're a destination team where I think people want to be number one, number two, Booker's been through the ringer here. I don't think hiring frank vogel is going to be the last straw for him Not you know at this point so uh, i feel pretty confident that booker's going to be content here obviously he's, he's a competitor and i don't think the sun's organization or, or any franchise really unless you're like lebron james should build your decision around uh, a player in, in their opinion i think you should factor it in and it should definitely be in the equation but it's not the, the determining factor so i think yeah uh, good on the Suns to to make the the hire they thought was best for them to win a championship. That's what it's about. It's not about what Booker wants. It's not about what Durant wants. Uh, it's it's about what's best for the team. And if that's what they thought was the best fit, then then I'm on board with it.
0: Let's talk about the Kevin Young side of this, and I think there's a way to transition from one to the next. I have one last thing on on Vogel that'll get us to Kevin Young. We'll we'll talk about that next. First, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks every day. Through the rest of the NBA finals, you can make a pick, make an entry at prize picks, and get a chance to win a million dollars. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will be randomly selected each day. Whoever placed that entry will then be given an additional six pick flex with the following payouts. If you get all six right, you get a million dollars. Five correct gets you 80 grand, and four correct gets you 16. Full details can be found at pricepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at that link to be eligible. Once you do, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner. If you've not checked out Prize Picks before, download the app now or go to pricepicks.com, sign up and use the deposit code or the promo code locked on, that's all one word, to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100, meaning if you deposit 100, Prize Picks will match that up to $100 and double it for you. Don't forget to enter that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Then enter a regular old entry before 8 a.m. Opt in at slash million, and you could walk away with a million dollars. So, one of the things, Brandon, that I uh, was going to say I liked about Vogel that goes with what you're talking about as far as experience goes that's, that's huge to me too. I mean, he came up with uh, him and Spolster became coaches around the same time. Then they obviously had those battles against one another in the, the big three heat era. And that was talked about a lot at that time as uh, an interesting pathway in that the video coordinator, younger guys could actually hold their own as, as head coaches. And they, I don't think they actually ended up creating a trend. We haven't really seen that elsewhere, but it's noteworthy that that Vogel really cut his teeth doing that. But the other part of his track record or his sort of um, pathway to get here is he has seen a whole lot of different things. And I think that there's something to be said for the fact that he became a head coach around the same time as Monty Williams. Like, I think we don't really think of it that way, maybe because Monty was a player, maybe because he has like a little bit of an old-fashioned approach to things. We think of him as sort of this like sage you know, old wise coach. but it's like, no, they're kind of of the same era and of the same generation. And Vogel has more head coaching experience than Monty Williams does. as crazy as that might sound. And on top of that, he replaced his mentor in Indiana. if If people remember, Jim O'Brien got fired. Vogel replaced him. That was the guy that he met all the way like 20, uh, 10 years prior, almost twenty years ago now in Boston. And then Vogel came and 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 had to take over for that guy, and actually took the team, obviously even further. Then you know, the magic thing he gets hired by a colleague, and then that guy gets fired, and then he gets fired afterward. Then he gets to the Lakers, and obviously learns, I'm sure, a ton about how to deal with, with superstar coaches and all of the rest, and then or with superstar players and all the rest. And then when he uh, obviously gets to the Russell Westbrook portion of his of his Lakers experience, then he's um, put into an even different situation, and and now he gets to Phoenix with a lot of that background. And so I say all of that to say that Kevin Young and whatever happened with those guys, whatever led to Kevin Young deciding to stay in Phoenix and all that, I feel pretty optimistic that Frank Vogel at least is not going to have any sort of issue there. And I also would say that Kevin Young chose this. He chose to stay. So I guess I sort of say all of that to say that I tend to agree with you. I'm not worried about the star player side with Booker and Durant, and I'm also not really super worried about how this stuff will play out.
1: Yeah, and, and just getting back to what you said, just about the defensive toughness that he's he's known for in terms of yeah. the the identity that he brings to the table. It's uh, a lot of that, too, like the that Lakers squad he had that he was pretty much surrounded with uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis with zero shooting by Palinka in that, that past year that he got fired. And, you know, a lot of people blame the the lack of offensive creation on him when a lot of that's team construction and same goes for defense. He's kind of inherited some more gritty teams, defensive minded teams. So I think uh, I I don't like to put coaches in a box too often. A lot of the times it's just sometimes it is like if, if a certain coach has an identity, you, as a GM, you want to surround them with, with their, their strengths essentially. But um, I think you saw what he could do with that team that you mentioned earlier with, with Kuzma and Caruso and, and all those guys that, uh, you know, can help and can take us players like that, that bring that, that toughness and defensive mind approach, but can also space the floor. I think it fits exactly what you're looking to surround uh, Booker and Durant with. So um, the, the creativity, I think with the James Jones can, can work with in terms of, they, as long as you build a, uh, a team that's competent around these two stars and, and vogels he had LeBron James, Anthony Davis, he let them do what they wanted to do and uh, let them them thrive and also built a infrastructure around them to, to maximize them. So I think it's the same situation, different players, obviously, but the, the same idea here is optimize your two stars and put them in a position to succeed. And that, that's the exciting part is now you know, we're a few weeks away from free agency. The draft is a couple of weeks away. Like, this is when the fun stuff starts and we can start getting these these outlandish rumors and, and names that will pop up.
0: So the, the two things that I feel like I can say for sure about Kevin Young that make me feel good about him is one, Devin Booker has vouched for him publicly. There's reporting that he was vouching for him privately. Has a lot of respect for that guy. Mm. That matters, I think. But the other part is just... Um, I mean he's been a finalist elsewhere right like that matters yep. I don't know how much how much it matters I don't know how much it really tells us but those are the two things I this, feel like you this can this will be we, his
1: last year as an assistant sorry to cut yeah, you off this no, will be his last year as an for assistant, sure 100
0: for sure but so is it <laughs> I don't want to be like raining on anybody's parade and I'm the one who's been talking up Kevin Young and I think part of why I felt like he would have been a, a good head coach was the continuity and familiarity and um, creativity that I thought he could provide. And I think just having relationships with your star players matters, but I was definitely not sitting here trying to tell anybody that he was going to revolutionize the way that offense is played in the NBA. And I kind of feel like people have gotten a little carried away with like, he's going to be the key to this and the key to that. And he keeping him is just, it's like, well, he was the associate head coach last year and the offense. Wasn't creative enough. So what like you know what I mean it's just sort of like yeah. I'm relieved to see that that all played out well I'm 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 happy that both Vogel and him are humble enough to just say hey the best version of this is going to be both of us coming and trying to win a championship together kudos to them for working that out kudos to James Jones and Matt Ishbia for getting it all done not not saying negative words about anybody involved but it's just sort of funny that it's like this dude's been here and this team underperformed now all of a sudden everybody's like you know pumping him up to be the best thing. Um, including me. But exactly. I'm also like I feel like I had limits to how far I was gonna go and I look online and Sun's fans are just going crazy with it.
1: Yeah, and I think that did factor into Ishbio's decision, honestly. It's it's not so much that Kevin Young wasn't considered a, a home run. It's just more of like it's a tough sell for your fans, really. Just say for the reason you just mentioned is like, okay, he was here last year. This team's yeah. in the year before, two years are you know, had very disappointing finishes. So what's really going to change. So that's why I think going, I I tweeted this out too, like the second Monty was hired by Detroit, I was like, all right, uh, highest paid coach in NBA history. I just can't see Matt Ishbia sitting there and and bringing an assistant in and trying to sell that to the franchise. So uh,
0: it's... By the way, speaking of Detroit, Kevin Young picking between staying here and going there is probably one of the easier things that any coach is going to have to decide on this summer. Like when I saw that that was like what it came down to, I mean, I think if Kevin Young had really, uh, you know, poked around he could have probably gotten another offer somewhere but yeah I think I'd rather say hey I might win a championship and I have a high profile and everybody's gonna know my name now and I'm gonna be making a lot of money and winning and staying in Phoenix where I'm comfortable and like whatever rather than going to Detroit and coaching like you know Jaden Ivey in year two
1: yeah look the the Kevin Young campaign was at an all-time high you know his PR agents and his staff his whoever's in charge of whoever ran that train did a great job Is Bill Simmons going on like All these insiders that are reporting that he was a favorite, like he's like I said, this will be his last year as an assistant 100%. Yeah. So
0: I didn't even know um, he had a nickname, and now everybody's calling him KY like we've all had drinks with him before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess so, he, he's at that level now. So, uh, so we'll we'll see, but yeah, over, overall, I think you know, it's it'll be good to have a little bit like I'm not. This is the last time I'll say this word this offseason, I promise, but the continuity. In terms yeah. of he knows the system, and when you're like a, a completely brand new head coach entering a system that uh, you haven't been around to see directly, it's good to have a little bit of that, not too much because you want to bring your own look, but you also want to keep whatever's working going. so
0: and yeah, my I mean, my last thing on this is is to circle back to the Vogel angle of it. And one of the things that Vogel's done too, that I would say makes me optimistic that this will work is he kind of had to stomach this exact setup in L.A. I believe Phil Handy, their player development guy, was not somebody that Vogel had a direct relationship with. I think that was a Lakers thing. Obviously, Handy had the relationship with Kobe. And Jason Kidd had a very similar thing where there was some rumor that maybe LeBron wanted Kidd as the head coach and Kidd was kind of ready for his next chance, but he took the Lakers job basically became their number two and use that as an opportunity. <clears throat> if I can win here, if I can, you know, learn some things, try to adapt my coaching style, you know, take some time, then I'll get another job. And he did now he's a coach of the Mavericks again. And so I think it's kind of par for the course in coaching and a lot of sports these days for these types of setups to come along. There's just so much talent in like, you know, basketball minds and sports minds these days, there's so much infrastructure all across the world for basketball that it's like the idea that there's only 30 people who are smart enough to to make decisions on a team is just a little silly. So, but I like that Vogel has been one that's already done that. It's not going to be new for him either. Um, so yeah, I think everybody's, it feels like everybody's aligned. I guess I just hope, and to circle back to the question that I asked you about Booker, like, I don't. I'm not worried. I think it is usually the right thing for management to make its decisions, and the players to feel however they want to feel. And I think it's up to the coach to to make sure that all works. I guess I I don't think it'll be uh, Booker's going to ask out because of this or anything insane. But I just think you can't really afford for there to be any sort of friction. You can't afford for oh, it took 20 games, but now they're feeling each other out. But meanwhile, you went like 12 and 8. You know, you you really want this season to go well. So uh, we'll see. But The other guy that I think is going to be affected maybe more than anybody else here is DeAndre Ayton, both because of his uncertainty in general, but also that Vogel has had a lot of success with defensive big men. Does that change how the Suns approach Ayton's trade market? We'll talk about that next first, another quick break. All right, closing out the show from Roy Hibbert to Anthony Davis. Frank Vogel is maybe you could say known for getting the most out of defensive big man developing schemes around dominant defensive big men and you could even say like I kind of did in the initial show I did on this Brandon that like he's really revolutionized the league twice now with the way that he deploys defensive big men I don't know if DeAndre Ayton's quite the generational talent that either one of those two guys were in their eras but I do think that you could very easily make the case that especially on the defensive end of the floor, somebody who's willing to be a little more creative and not just have Aiton drop into the paint every time he's playing defense in the pick and roll and everything else, that that could in and of itself make Aiton a lot more valuable as a player maybe make him worth keeping. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I've seen that discussion a lot just on on Twitter, online, whatever. And and I think there's definitely some, some merit to it in terms of his past. And those Indiana teams, like you mentioned, uh, battling the... Prime LeBron James, he as well as they did when they had no business being in any of those series like that speaks alone to like just how great of a job he did with that team. Um, but as far as Aiden goes, like that, I think that works the other way too. Like they, let's say they trade Aiden for a Clint Capella or a, just some other type of big that is a little bit of, of a downgrade in a sense of, of talent, but fits the role that Vogel's looking for, then I think he can probably make it work. Like what he did with Dwight Howard with the Lakers too. And uh, even JaVale McGee on that team, he kind of showed that it doesn't really matter which big I get, like we're just going to make it work. So obviously it has to fit within a system to, to an extent, but um, I I get the argument, honestly, as much as like, I'm kind of ready to move on from DeAndre at this point personally, but there's a world where I think Vogel if he could get the, the most out of DeAndre and it's it's going to happen the, this next season, if not, uh, it's, it's probably never going to happen at this point um, yeah. at least defensively. So uh, I think Vogel is probably the right guy if they do end up keeping DeAndre and there's no trade that, that makes sense. Kind of like we talked about in the past, like don't just trade him to trade him. And if that, if that's what ha- ends up happening, then I think Vogel's a great fit uh, in terms of that. But, but also, like I said, on the flip side, there's, there's a lot of, of bigs you can get for pretty cheap that, if Vogel can to maximize their their strengths and, and kind of play into that into whatever system he tries to, to build out here, then that's another direction they can go.
0: Yeah, I think the truth is, you know, or the maybe the reality is a little bit between, you know, it's obviously always going to be somewhere in the middle. I don't think I've seen a yeah. lot of NBA media people say already, like, you know, word around the league is this was a little bit of a bet to see what they could get out of Ayton. It's like I think people say stuff like that when they don't know what else to say. It's like sometimes coaches just get hired, and you just got to wait and see. It doesn't have to mean something. Um, yeah. But I also think, like you mentioned, Aiton, or um, Howard and, and McGee. Like If you look, and I did this back uh, at one point related to JaVale, because obviously he was here for a time, and by the end of that Mavs series, he was getting DNPs. If you look on both the Warriors teams, although that's less relevant because we're talking about Vogel, but... As well as that Lakers championship run, Javale was getting DNP's by the end of that series, and really Dwight was too in the in the finals. Um, and so I do think a lot of that, what they were able to do defensively, was largely centered on. Um, yeah, Javale didn't play a minute in the finals, and Dwight played 71 across six games. So they really yeah. needed Anthony Davis to be special. I don't think Aiton is that, but I also think like the. For sure, I think what Vogel coming does is that it makes, it makes me feel more confident saying that the Suns will retain some type of traditional center rotation. Like, maybe there was a world where we got, like, you know, 20 minutes at a time of Kevin Durant at the five next postseason. I kind of don't think we get that with Vogel. Like, you need some sort of size and center rotation that he can play. Because I think he wants that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and I think going back to that point with, with the Lakers bigs is the one of the things I liked about Vogel is he's not afraid to change uh matchup to matchup. So in the playoffs, there a series where he thought it was he could use the bigs. There a series where it it's better to go with with Davis and, and go a little bit smaller. So I think uh, his ability to adjust series to series is something that we've seen as a little bit of a weakness of Monty's. I feel like sometimes he waits for the weakness to pop up and it costs him a game or two. And then he makes the adjustment. Whereas Vogel seems a little more uh, proactive in that sense. So that's, that's one thing I liked when I was just looking through. uh, Yeah. I mean, to, to,
0: to emphasize what you're saying. So like that, that Lakers playoff run, just to use Anthony Davis as an example, AD, Mm -hmm was basically like blitzing and hedging to take away Damian Lillard pull-up threes. Then he was guarding Russell Westbrook and trapping when they use Westbrook as a screener. Then he was defending Nikola Jokic. Then he was defending Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? And like, again, Aiton's not the type of guy to do that. But what I think can happen, I actually think somebody like Kevin Durant might really be more of the chess piece that Vogel gets excited about defensively. You Oh, yeah. How can I really use the personnel that's here to exploit different stuff? And again, I would bet, like you were saying about how the roster changes, like they're going to emphasize, I think, size and defensive versatility with their role play. Or somebody like Josh Okogie, right? Like I think those Mm -hmm. are the pieces that maybe on this roster, unless they pull off something really unexpected in free agency, I think you're really looking at those guys a little bit more but like you're saying the 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 innovation and adjustment has been there from Vogel and I think that's the part that people don't associate with him enough and I think that's kind of the curse of LeBron James coach a credit is always going to go to LeBron right it's like oh LeBron got his fourth ring it's like well their pathway to get there was kind of interesting and the coach actually did have to do quite a bit so Suns fans should be excited about that that postseason run if nothing else showed Vogel can adjust you're totally right
1: yeah, and I'm um, the other thing with Vogel is just like we've kind of hit on before is just the the toughness. Like they're going to go after some dogs in free agency, and that that excites me. That's that's the one thing. Like this team this season, I think was talented enough if everything clicked and they were healthy, they could have won a championship. I still think that uh, it didn't work out obviously. And I think uh, one of the main reasons it didn't was they just weren't tough enough. And, and they got punked a little bit. They got they couldn't respond to, to punches. They they need to be the ones throwing the punches. And it can't be Booker and Durant like those guys are. Competitive beasts, but they're they're also not supposed to be doing all the dirty work, which is kind of what ended up happening. And so you need guys like you know, let's reunite Crusoe with Frank Vogel. Let's let's go out and get some real disruptors that are going to do that dirty work. You know, maybe trash talker or two uh, to stir things up. Just build build that defensive identity and be an intimidating team outside of Booker and Durant. Uh, I think that's going to be kind of the focus with with Vogel is all of his teams in the past have kind of had that intimidating presence and, and the Suns last year really from a talent standpoint did, but they didn't have that, like, you know, that factor where it's like, yeah. Oh no, we got, we got to deal with the Suns. So that's, that's kind of the, the mindset I'm looking at heading into this off season. So um, let's James Jones has built, he's been around championships. and uh, He's built teams, I think that are right there. So now it's if him and Vogel kind of collaborate and get the right pieces around those two, it's should be a lot of fun.
0: I'll drop this here. It doesn't, it's not really relevant. And I tried to be respectful during this encounter that I had that I'm about to tell uh, you in the audience about. So that's why I didn't, you know, drop it earlier. But I did randomly happen to see James Jones the day this uh, signing got announced at the Scottsdale Fashion Harkins, seeing a movie uh, with his kids, which is part what, of why what I talked uh, about it. So I it. think. I actually know uh, from some carefully placed sources that are actually just my friend who lived in Cleveland um, that he's a big Marvel guy. Like, mm. uh, my buddy who I do the Just Basketball show with ran also ran into James Jones at a movie theater seeing w- some Marvel movie when he was still on the Cavs. And so I'm assuming it was Guardians of the Galaxy. That's just a guess. But maybe Spider-Man, you know, you never know. Um, or Into the Spider-Verse. But he was with his kids and whatever. But I did say hi, and he obviously recognizes me and whatnot. So we kind of made eye contact. He said hello. I was like, "Congrats on the hire," you know. And then we we kind of said our words, and, and he made a couple jokes that I won't share because I don't want to be rude. But, um, so that was that was funny. But I wonder the reason I even bring that up at all is, um, I wonder what uh, phone calls may or may not have been made between some folks at clutch maybe lebron himself getting some intel about vogel because that is a connection that's obvious there between james jones's network and and obviously vogel's past experiences so i would imagine there's some nice confidence that jones probably had that like hey this this guy's going to be what we need him to be you know
1: yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure uh you'll have to tell me what those jokes were off air because I'm, I'm curious but uh yeah, I think Jones, uh, that's that's the thing. Is he's He's been around the league. So, and Vogel's a very well-respected coach in the league. So all the, yeah. the circles, whether it's clutch or just you know the scouting community, whatever, it's like these guys all have a tre- tremendous amount of respect for Vogel. So I think uh, Jones had to feel confident about it. I think Booker, circling back to what you said before, like as much as it seemed like Young was his guy, the fact that they kept him and I'm sure Booker was probably on board. but like, well, you're not going to hire a guy without getting at least a nod of approval, even if it's not his first choice. I'm sure Booker was on board and, and Durant as well. So um, just at this point, like I said, the more I have dove into Vogel and the possibilities and realistically looked at what else is out there, it's like this is probably the best thing they could have done given the circumstances. And um,
0: Imagine how different we would have felt if the loose stuff never came out. You know, yeah, that's a, that's yeah, another that's way fair. to put it, right? It's like if... I'm not sure Ty Lu ever was going to leave the Clippers. So if you just say, mm-hmm. like, Chris Haynes' stuff about Lou and yep. all that came out when the coaching cycle first began, if that was never reported, never in anybody's mind, and it was just, here's the five, I might have yeah. put Vogel second, you know? I mean, I don't know what I would have... I I don't think I personally would have, but, like, you could have convinced me of that. I think second I still would have had Kevin uh, first, Doc Rivers, but right? <laughs> yes, right behind Doc Rivers. No, like... I definitely would rather have him than than Rivers. Definitely, mm-hmm. I think between him and Nurse, it's sort of a toss-up, and Nurse comes with a lot more baggage behind the scenes from everything that you hear and read and whatever. And then the other two guys, it's like I don't really think they were ever going to hire Jordy Fernandez because that would have been a big F you to Kevin Young. And then I obviously would have right. preferred Kevin Young. So that puts me at, okay, Vogel being second, sure. You know, it's like I thought Ty Lue was a possibility, but if if that was just stupid of me, then like, okay, then you're telling me They got the guy that I thought was second best, and they got to keep the guy who was first best. So, you know, how mad can you really be? But um, we should have a press conference this week, I would think, where Vogel can explain what he sees the future and and his challenge and his opportunities as. And uh, I'll have coverage of all of that, including more for agency and draft stuff as we get closer there. So hit follow, hit subscribe, wherever you're finding this show. We are everywhere, including YouTube. We're free. And again, we are here daily. You can also read Brandon over at brightsideofthesun.com. He'll be back next Monday. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.